Welcome to the Rock Christian Church Podcast. Today's message is Live With Purpose by Mark Patch. Over the few weeks before he left, Sean was talking to us as a church about commitment, about the fact that if we are to live a life for Christ, it must be a life where we give ourselves 100% to him. started thinking about that. And what the Lord put on my mind was that if in fact we are to live a life which is about commitment to him, about glorifying him, if that's our life, then that becomes our purpose in life. And so today I want to talk to you about living life with purpose. Can we start by praying? Father God, we just thank you for the opportunity amongst all the things that are going on in the world today and our busy lives, Lord, that we have the opportunity to come together and to worship you and to share your word. And we pray, Lord, that as we do that today, as we share your word, Father, that you will give us a clear understanding of our purpose in life and that that purpose, Lord, is you. And this we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let me start with a little interactive activity. Can I ask a few questions of you all? Firstly, who of you believe that you are on this earth to fulfil a purpose? Okay, most of us, that's a good start. I'll talk to the rest of you afterwards because there will be an opportunity to come forward if that's your concern. Who of you believe that to fulfill our given purpose requires action on our part? You can't just sit and let your life purpose come to you. Is that a fair comment? Okay. And who of you, last question, believe that if our lives here on earth are to be totally fulfilling, the purpose of our life must be God. Okay, well, if that's what you believe, then my sermon's finished, I've done my job, and I can, I can go home, and we can all have an early coffee. I might just go into a bit more detail. Okay. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. But there's a catch. Who have been called according to his purpose. Now there are a few key points we can take away from that verse. Firstly, if we want God to work for our good, We must not only love him, we must also respond positively and act on the purpose that he has called us to fulfil in our lives. It's not a one-way street. You can't just sit there as we've already agreed. You can't sit there and wait for it to come to you. Secondly, he calls us to his purpose. He already knows what our purpose is. He planned it. How could he not know it? And thirdly, he calls us from where we are 
to where he is and where we need to be. He's already there waiting for us. All we need to do is earnestly seek God where he is if we are to live a purpose-filled life. We need to commit and act accordingly. Now, humans are funny people. Our value and our worth are directly related to our purpose. Our value, what we see as our value, not what others see as our value. And what we see as our worth are directly related to purpose. If you're going to be what you need to be, you need to find your purpose in life and fulfil it. At death, your fame and fortune will not matter. Instead, what will matter, the thing of eternal value will be your answer to a simple question. Did I live my life in the presence of God and for his purpose? You can be as famous or as wealthy as you like. Everybody ultimately gets to answer that question. We all acknowledge that life is a journey and that we are travelling inevitably towards the end of that journey. We can either coast through life with no sense of direction or we can live lives of purpose and fulfilment. The race is on. The question is, where are you going and what are you doing about it? Mark Twain put it pretty well. The best best two days in a person's life are the day that they are born and the day they find out why or discover why they were born. And there's only one being that can answer that second question and that's the creator. Best-selling author John Gordon put it a different way. What he said was, if you think your best days are over, they are. And if you think your best days are still ahead of you, they are. It's all up to you. John Gordon went on to say, regardless of the adversity that you face, your purpose must be greater than your challenges. Instead of focusing on problems, focus on your purpose. Instead of seeing yourself as a victim, see yourself as a hero. Now, victims and heroes both get hit, both fall down. The difference is heroes get straight back up again and armed with faith, create a positive future for themselves. Think of yourself as a hero, not as a victim. So what's driving you? Everyone's life is driven by something. You might see yourself as being driven by guilt or worry or fear, insecurity, anger, resentment, your past, possessions, your parents, or even money. But all of these fall away 
when we realise that God wants us to be purpose-driven people, driven by his plan, his purpose for our life, because that's where meaning and significance come. Before God even planned the world, he planned each and every one of you. When he planned you, he planned your purpose. And when you fulfil your life purpose, it brings honour to God and satisfaction to yourself. I come back to the comment about the fact that it brings worth and value to our lives. Jesus himself was a purpose-driven man. In John 17.4, he said, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. We want to bring glory to God. How do we do that? Like Christ, we do it by completing the work that God has given us to do. Paul bluntly told the church in Corinth that ultimately God will make the final ruling on what you have given your life for when he said, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. And here's the interesting bit. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, yet will be saved, interestingly, even though only as one escaping through the fire. C.S. Lewis put it this way. He who has God and everything has no more than the person who has God alone. Man, don't you wish you could write something like that? So let's have a quick look at man's approach to life with purpose. If you Google find my life's purpose, you get millions of hits. Not just thousands, not even tens of thousands, millions of hits. There is an unlimited number of gurus out there willing to provide you with advice as to how you should find your life's purpose. One of those, Brendan Burchard, is quoted as being the world's leading high-performance coach. Might be a bit like the World Series in America, right, in baseball. Nonetheless, the world's leading high-performance coach. His views, which, given that a significant portion of his audience are probably Christian, touch upon Christian principles, reflect many of these so-called gurus when he states that today we should have multiple purposes and missions in our lives because there is more opportunity, no borders, and we have a longer lifespan post-flood, of course, a longer lifespan than at any time in history. Here's how he says you should narrow down your ideas so that you can determine what matters in your life. Firstly, he says, live the best quality of life you can. This should be one of the main missions for us all. Forget the rest. It's about me, right? 
make it a priority to grow and excel in your in your health, relationships, career, finances, spirituality, even hobbies. Except for those, of course, who are fishermen, where hobbies becomes something different. Improve each of you, each, improve each of these areas, and then you'll start to feel purpose. Pretty simple. Second one is follow your interests. Wherever you are deeply curious about something, it might be worth exploring because exploring your passions with enough verve and you will find what's right for you. That's probably not a bad tip. The third one is allow yourself to transition from one thing to another. To find your most meaningful purpose, you'll have to try a few out. Give yourself permission to move between jobs, careers, relationships, companies and passionate pursuits. The fourth one, which I find very interesting, is to serve. You can travel the world looking for some magnificent purpose, he says, but after all the belly gazing, the truth that always emerges is this, by serving others, we feel more purposeful. So just look around you and ask, how can I help? In the spirit of service, we will soar to our full potential. Tick. One out of five, not too bad. But then, of course, we reverse straight back to our self-centred approach. Be bold, bounce around, try new things, discover what is important to you, and suddenly you will start to feel what we call the charged life. It's like we're our own electric vehicle. We can just plug right in there and we get the charged life. In the current pandemic, many of uh, us and many people in the world are finding it uh, increasingly difficult to adopt this self-centred approach when different stages of lockdown severely limit our ability to identify what is important to us by being bold, bouncing around and trying new things. Numerous studies demonstrate that the resultant perceived lack of meaning can also contribute to and... Um, <clears throat> sorry, contribute to, oh, sorry, and accompany low motivation, intense feelings of sadness, social isolation, and a lack of interest in things that we used to previously enjoy. The Australian charity Beyond Blues data suggests that 3 million Australians are living with anxiety and depression. That's close to one in eight of our population of 25 million. And that was before we were impacted before the, by the coronavirus. Alarmingly, their stats also show that over 50% of Australians will experience some form of diagnosable mental illness before they turn 14. While Australia is a global standout, the virus has significantly impacted the well-being of Australians. Beyond Blue highlighted that over the past week, seven days, the last seven days, there's been a 21% increase in visits to their coronavirus mental wellbeing support digital site. 21% increase, and that's after a 50% spike 
in contacts about anxiety and a 100% increase in contacts about depression that occurred when stage three restrictions were introduced across Melbourne and some locations in regional Victoria. We need to look beyond man's self-centred approach. Praise God that by focusing on glorifying him, we can be healed and have true purpose in our lives. God's message is all about the positive. He is our purpose for living. So what does living a life with purpose look like? In a recent Vision Christian Media article I read that we should always ask why first as doing so forces you to think about your core motivations and the source of your vision. The article noted that there is much talk these days about purpose. And that's a good thing because a life of purpose is far more rewarding than a life of power or popularity. But your purpose, it said, must come from God. When God is the source of your vision, he will resource it. That is why the most important question we can ask is not what is the best way to do this, but why am I doing it at all? So if we're to live a life that fulfills our God-given purpose, our lives should be characterised by a number of traits. Let me just run through some of them. The first is you love to pray. A purpose-filled life is a prayer-saturated life. It's only in a personal relationship with God that we can become aware of our constant need for God-given wisdom and direction. James 1.5 states, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. So through prayer, God is able to reveal to you one-on-one his purpose. He can bestow upon you to find wisdom. He can show you that his desire for you is that he wants to share with you a joyful and purpose-filled life. We need to be bold. We need to ask God for purpose and we need to expect him to act. Secondly, you seek him in his word. The primary way that God speaks to us is through the Bible. One of the very first things you should do in your search for God's purpose in your life is to go deeper into his word with purpose so that you will understand the heart of God. God told Joshua, don't for a minute let this book be out of mind. Ponder and meditate on it day and night, making sure that you practice everything written in it. Then you'll get where you're going. Then you'll succeed. Haven't I commanded you? Strength, courage, don't be timid, don't be discouraged. God, your God, is with you every step you take. 
And that's as relevant to us today as it was to Joshua. God views success as simple to achieve. And he views the ability for him to measure success just as simply. If we're going to succeed in things that really matter, we must follow the instructions to life found in Scripture. Psalm 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Now, my take on that is, God lights the paths he wants you to take and leaves those he doesn't want you to take in shadow. You need to get into his word so that you can see those paths that he is lighting and you can discern those ones that are in darkness. Here's one for Liz. You experience joy and excitement all your days. You need to wake up every morning longing for what God has prepared for you. Not something that I necessarily do. Ecclesiastes 8.15 says, And I commend joy, for man has nothing better, get this, nothing better under the sun, but to eat and drink and be joyful, for this will go with him in his toil through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. Sounds like a Queensland tourism commercial. Sure, there'll be difficult things that you encounter that require patience and persistence. But overall, you should have a sense of joy and excitement that fills your day, fills your work and fills every single relationship that you participate in. If you don't, you might want to reconsider each of those things. In his book, Desiring God, John Piper says, the pursuit of joy in God is not optional. It's not an extra that a person might grow into after he comes to faith. It's a way of life. It's a part of your purpose in life. Your life feels fulfilled when you're able to look back on each or maybe most days of your life feeling fulfilled, you are likely on track to achieve your God-given purpose. Fulfillment comes from doing rewarding, meaningful and purposeful things. That might be a job that taps into your skills or passions, a relationship in which you are required to both give and receive. While it is true that even the fulfilling relationship that you are in will require you to do certain things that are boring and unfulfilling, like going fishing for an entire day and not even getting a single bite, you will feel content on more days than most. Sorry, I had to throw a fishing story in for Sean. You feel a real sense of direction. If you know God's purpose for your life, you feel your life is headed in a clear direction. You no longer feel as though you're wandering aimlessly, but rather you're making real progress. You feel excited as God gives you wisdom and direction. He makes clear the goals he wants you to work toward. 
and he shows you how you will achieve them. Not might, it's not a matter of might achieve them. He shows you how you will achieve them. Got to put a bump in the road here. So you're an overcomer. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, a great door of effective work has opened to me and there are many who oppose me. Indeed, if you don't encounter obstacles and opposition, you should pray and ask God whether in fact you're on the right track. The size of your God-given purpose usually will determine the magnitude of the attack against you. But there is good news. Attack is a sign of respect. And to use some military terminology, it means that the enemy considers you to be a high threat, high value target and a threat to his plans. You find and use your gifts. We all know that God has given each of us very specific gifts and strengths. Maybe you're a tech whiz, a wise counsellor, a people person, a business expert. Maybe you're great at organising people and getting things done. God's purpose for you probably involves the things you're already good at, as um, Mr. Bashir already said. Another way of finding and exercising your gifts is to start with those things that you're really passionate about. Dr. Christina Hibbert tells us that we need to use passion's rush of excitement that gets us out of bed each day to find meaning's deeper connection to something greater than ourselves. She goes on to say that we need to listen through the passion for the meaning and then infuse it into everything. The way she puts it is, meaning makes patience of pain, gratitude of sorrow, cheerfulness of change, and is the key to lasting joy. Most importantly, your gifts are the tools that God has given you to proclaim the gospel. Christ's last direction to his disciples was, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Evangelism must be the number one priority of the church. Each of us must boldly commit to it and see it as a privilege, our first priority, not a duty. This week, our life group started the G7 course in which we're learning how to use the Gospel in 7 Minutes app to improve the way that we can spread the Gospel. Stu Miller? Stu up the back? No, he's out the back. Oh, he's out with the kids. Stu Miller is also running a G7 course on Zoom on Thursday evening. It's only seven one-hour video-based sessions. I encourage you, either as an individual or as a part of a larger group, to get in touch with Stu and use that course to improve the way that you uh, are able to spread the gospel. You seek wise counsel. Proverbs 11.14 says, Where there is no guidance, a people fail. But in an abundance of counsellors, there is safety. In other words, 
one of the main ways God will help you find your purpose is through others. You need to pray long and hard before seeking a counsellor or a mentor as you will be sharing some seriously intimate information with them. So you've got to trust them implicitly. But don't go to somebody that's going to let you stay in your comfort zone. Make sure that the person you choose, whether it's a parent, a Christian friend, a teacher, is someone who will support you and want the best for you, but will also take you out of your comfort zone and make you uncomfortable. That's the only way you're going to grow. You want wise, godly counsellors to help you find and fulfil God's purpose for your life. And the last one is your purpose is supported by the purpose of others. In 1 Corinthians 12, 4-7, Paul makes it clear that there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but it's all service for the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. But in each case, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So we're all given different gifts or different life purposes, but each purpose is not just for our own benefit, it's for the benefit of everybody that you see as you look around this room and those beyond this room. In verses 25 to 31, Paul further clarifies this point by stating there should be no division in the body, but its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each, of, each one of you is part of it. And God has placed in the church apostles, prophets, teachers, miracle workers, gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, of different kinds of tongues. Are we all apostles, he asks? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all work miracles? Do we all have gifts of healing? Do we all speak in tongues? Do we all interpret? Of course, the answer is no. We've all been given different purposes but each of our purposes is intended to enable us to perform our role in the body of Christ. Our purpose will always support the purpose of others and their purpose will always support ours. We are not intended to achieve our purpose alone. In fact, it's difficult to achieve our God-given purpose in life without the support of other members of our church. Gives you a whole new reason for fellowshipping with people over coffee. So we can summarise what it is to live a life of purpose by simply saying that we are to glorify God. He will give us the gifts, passion and talents that we need if 
we are willing to commit completely to him. John Wesley put it succinctly when he stated that our purpose in life is to do all the good you can by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. That's probably why so many people thought he was a good writer. Now, I know that many of you are waiting for me to mention Pastor Rick Warren and his book, The Purpose Driven Life. And I've avoided this go-to reference until now, but will use it to conclude my talk today because of the clarity with which Rick talks about the five purposes that God has for us to use the talents God has given us to do good in the world. They are, we should seek to please God through real worship. We should enjoy the fellowship given to us in God's family. We must learn real discipleship so that we become more like Christ. We should practice real ministry in serving God and we need to live out real evangelism if we are to achieve our God-given mission. Now, if you're not sure of your God-given purpose or if you have any other reason why you feel you need to come forward, I encourage you after we've finished to come forward. The elders are here and will pray with you. Please don't hesitate because your God-given purpose is such a crucial part of your walk with him. Your purpose is to glorify him. Please make sure you know what he wants you to do. Let us pray. Our Father God, we thank you that in you we know that our real purpose in life is to love you and to worship you and that your spirit gives us the gifts that we need to be able to accomplish that purpose. We ask that you give us the courage to seek out that purpose and how you want us to achieve it. In doing so, we ask that you show us how we can establish a closer relationship with you. Truly, truly worship you. Fulfill the purpose that you have given us as part of your body so that others may achieve their purpose. Become more like Christ and eagerly spread the gospel and to be more committed to serving you both within and outside the church. Father, we ask these things in your son's glorious name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rock Christian Church podcast. To be notified when the next episode is available, subscribe on our website at therock.org.au. You can also connect with us on Facebook at The Rock Christian Church. We hope you have been blessed today and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.